Oh yeah. Welcome to the Hope For You Podcast. This is your host, Brother Gene. If you are experiencing depression right now, take courage. You are not the only one who has these wrenching, painful feelings. For every 100 people you see or walk by in your day, nine of them are depressed. That number increases to over 15 for those over 65 years of age. The people experiencing major depression are those between the ages 18 and 25. That number represents 17% of the population. Depression affects most of us directly or indirectly at some point in our lives. It can feel like there is no hope as the way out seems weak. You may have lost a family member, experienced divorce, or are in a painful marriage, or suddenly find yourself in a difficult financial situation. Perhaps you are working at an unfulfilling job with wicked people, or you just don't have anything to look forward to. Maybe you have been searching for the right man or woman to marry, and to this point, they have been elusive. The people who have the highest percentage of depression are adolescent females at 25.2%. The pain of depression is real. In the next few moments, we will look at scriptures that will encourage you and give you hope so you never have to get trapped in this awful quagmire ever again. Can you say amen? You may not be able to control your circumstances, but you have total control over your mind and your perspective of the fiery trial you are in. Above all, you need to make Jesus your best friend. Why? He experienced sadness throughout his life. He experienced the loss of his good friend, Lazarus, his cousin, John the Baptist, betrayal by his treasure, Judas, rejection by the religious leaders, rejection by his family, friends, and his homies. He experienced great sadness the day before his crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed to be delivered from the impending terrorist attack on his mind and body. Jesus was stricken with hematidrosis. Hematidrosis is rare, but a very real medical condition that causes the sweat to contain blood. Our sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels that constrict and then dilate under extreme pressure to the point of rupture, causing blood to move into the sweat glands. In the garden, Jesus, about to bear the sins of the entire world, past and future, cried out, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Matthew 26.38 And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22.44 In other words, our Savior felt like dying before he was going to die. Friend, Jesus knows your pain oh so well. At what age did Jesus know he would go through this torture? The scriptures don't say exactly, but at the age of 12, Jesus was in the temple sitting among the teachers. Luke 2.41-47 Everyone who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Let's look at the scripture that prophesied the price this 12-year-old would undergo 21 years later to ransom our lives. Isaiah 53 verses 3 through 12. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descending. 
independence, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hand. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honor of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. What was the motivation for Jesus to go through this nightmare of a death? The answer is in Hebrews 12, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. The Lord gave his life for you. Your life has an infinite price. Jesus saw you as he hung from the cross. Despite the pain and suffering on the outside, on the inside, he was smiling, knowing you would be with him forever. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. John 15, 13. My friend, you need to have the same mind as Christ to work through this trying time. If you are born again, you too have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. For who can know the Lord's thought? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. If you are not born again, this could be your day. How does someone get born again? Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, living inside of you. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You are going through this painful time with the testimony of God's faithfulness. Can you say amen? The book of Ruth is an inspirational love story that classically demonstrates God's faithfulness. It contains the plight of Ruth from heartache to the divine appointments of provision, prosperity, and newfound love. The woman, Naomi, is bitter and depressed. She felt so bad she didn't even want people to call her by her name, Naomi, which means pleasant or gentle. She told the townspeople to call her Mara, which means bitter. Let's read together the first chapter of Ruth. This is the New Living Translation follow along. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malin and Kilion. They were a Pathite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone, without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's home, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husband, and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they 
they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised us again. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth hung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The woman asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer, and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Let's believe together that you are exiting this season of oppression and entering into your personal barley harvest of restoration. Galatians 6 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Your time of blessing is on its way, so don't grow weary. We will pick up in chapter 4 of this beautiful love story, but please read chapters 2 and 3 to see how the Lord directed their steps to a place of blessing and fulfillment. Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your own daughter-in-law, who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, Now at last, Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, and the grandfather of David. This is the genealogical record of their ancestor, Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amidadab. Amidadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. A further study of this record brings us to our Redeemer and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. How important was it for Naomi to push through the depression? How important was it for Ruth to cling to her mother-in-law? How important will it be for you to walk by faith, even though it looks like all hope is gone? Keep walking, soldier, and lift up your eyes unto the hills. Your help comes from the Lord. Jesus says in Matthew 11:28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus my friend. He is our only hope. Go out in your day today and find someone who is hurting. Encourage and serve them. The look of love on their face will lift you up. It is more blessed to give than receive. Take courage, my friend. The Lord always saves the best for your last. Your best days are coming up. Thank you for listening to the Hope For You podcast. This is Brother Gene saying there is hope for you.